What up, what up, what up, what up, man? The Real Coach JB getting ready to go live right here every single morning, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Coach JB Show. Today is fully censored. Can I not cuss? I don't know if it's going to be fully censored, but if you were a betting man, would you bet against me or with me? I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, got a few things in the cooking in the fire I've mentioned last week. Uh, I've actually talked to these people and I've said, you know what? I don't know if I can just not cuss at all. I said, I got to be able to cuss. That wouldn't be me. And they said, I agree. They said, you just can't do uh, certain things, say certain things in certain ways. I said, all right, let me try it. Let me try it. So this week is still all me. But I'm going to try it. You know why I'm going to try it? Because uh, so I could say I tried it. I hosted, I emceed a comedian, a comic, uh, stand-up comedian show. I hosted it. I was asked to do it. I was asked to be the emcee. So I was like, why not? I could say I did it. Check the box. I wanted to check the box off. I wanted to be the guy that said I did something. So I did it. Um, I want to be that guy to say I did X, Y, and Z. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. I can do it all. That is why I'm saying I'm going to do it. So if it don't work, hey, no harm, no foul. I'm going to come back and be me again. But I'm still going to be me always, every day, 100% of the time. Um, I just got to dumb down some of the stuff I say, right? We'll see. Uh, we'll see if it all works out. We'll see if it all works out. Uh, if not, hey, no harm, no foul. I'm right here always. This show will be here every single day. Plus, it'll be on Patreon for the raw and uncut version edition. Um, so make sure you be, become a member of our Patreon today. Sean Salisbury and I will be back on Patreon starting today with a little bit of a uh, couple snippets on what's going on on last chance q we'll get to that later on but that'll start today on our on our patreon so make sure you head on over there and check it out a lot to discuss today we got a lot to discuss lebron is back lebron is back in the building uh and the lakers lose pat beverly gets the last laugh and actually jb got the last laugh I thought it was comical. I thought it was comical. Lakers been playing great. Got up to the eight seed. AD gets hurt again. Uh, LeBron returns, has 19. Pat Bev tells LeBron, you are small. Goes back to what Mario Chalmers said. We're going to break that down. Um, What should Lamar Jackson do at this point? The final four is in. Did San Diego State escape or did they earn it? Break that down. Plus, my top NFL wide receivers and running back list. My top quarterbacks entering 2023. All this brought to you by betonline.ag and candidatecbd.com. Head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get you 50% off plus welcome bonus. And please head on over to candidatecbd.com. Right here, all the new cans are in. CanadipsCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB. All caps. Gets you 20% off plus free shipping. Um, Lots to break down today. Opening day for Major League Baseball is this week. Uh, Dontrell Willis is going to try to join us before opening day. 
Um, got a couple other baseball guys I'm trying to bring on the show that I'm that I'm actually cool with. Uh, but before we get anywhere, let's get with you with the quote of the day. Quote of the day. Ten years from now, make sure you can say that you choose you chose your life. You didn't settle for it. Ten years from now, can you say you chose your life? Or are you going to say, man, I settled. I took it. It is what it is. You better be able to say you chose it and made it. That's just what I'm saying. So in 10 years from now, have you ever thought about that? Let that sink in. Contrary to belief, brought to you by CandidateCBD.com. The smile on my face does not mean my life is perfect. It means that despite my challenges, I refuse to let you know. And focus on me. (laughs) I don't let nobody know if I'm smiling inside or not. Shoot. I don't care. Never assume that loud is strong and quiet is weak. Contrary to belief. I don't care how attractive you think you look. If your insides resemble burnt toast. I do not care how good you look on the outside. If your inside look like burnt toast. I don't care. I'm just telling you. I take a 7 on the outside and a 10 on the inside all day long over a 10 on the outside and a 0 on the inside. Please believe it. Notice I said a 7, right? I couldn't go too dang low. I couldn't go too damn low. I couldn't go down to 3. LeBron returns AD hurt again on a jam finger. He hurt his little pinky. LeBron hurt it. I mean, AD hurt his little pinky finger. Man, it, it, it's, it's, it's alarming that AD goes in to break up a pass and the ball immediately hits him. And he's, oh, oh, the play stops for AD. Have you ever noticed the play stops for a dude? Like, playing street basketball and getting an elbow going up for a rebound by your homie or whoever, and your nose and you're lightheaded and blood is everywhere and you got your nose snapped. Dog, I don't ever remember. I've had that three times happen in a pickup game. I don't ever remember, ever, me stopping. Oh, stop, timeout. Let's let the play stop. No, they're running the other way and so was I. And then when I get down there, dog, they sub me out, dog. I'm about to faint because all this blood I lost. I never, ever, ever seen a cat just stop playing, especially the cat that makes millions. I've never seen it. Never, ever seen it in my life. I, I don't know, dog. I've seen it more and more and more through the last 10 years. Last 10 years. I've seen it more and more and more and more. And I'm just like, damn, dog. I don't get it. I don't get it. But it is what it is. Um, Lots to do to say. Lots to talk about today on this Menace Monday. Zach is still out for another week. He'll be back next week. He's on vacation. Uh, I want to get into something real quick. I want to give my JB financial... uh, knowledge and uh my financial uh now first of all i'm the worst spender in the world so i'm just kidding with you i'm not going to give you any damn advice what i am going to give you though is the top 10 ways to save a buck 
Really? Yep. This is from my experience, all right? Now, at times of my life, I've had a pretty good amount of money. Times of life, I've been broke as hell. Times of life, I've been struggling on my next meal, waiting for my next meal on the street. I've been down and out, and I've been on top, all right? I've never been like some A-list celebrity money. When I check the ATM, it, it sometimes it says, ooh. Sometimes it don't. Sometimes it says, ah. <laughs> That's what you go, you know, when you pull up your ATM receipt, and what's at the end of it? It might say, ooh. That's what it says at the end. It means a lot of zeros. Some days it may just say, ah. <laughs> you better get back to the drawing board. Here's my top 10 spending cuts that if you made, that I made recently, I made these just for, I just wanted to see. I'm like, let me check it out. So I download this app and I'm using this app and I'm like, is this app real? And it literally shows my spending. And I'm like, dang, I used to spend $100 a week at Starbucks. I'm like, damn, that's when I was real fat. And out of shape. I'm like, let me cut Starbucks off. So for the most part, I've cut Starbucks completely off. Went six months, cold chicken, cold turkey. Straight up, no Starbucks. All right. $110 a week. $100 to $110 a week saved at Starbucks. You could be a member of Patreon and be paying $20 a month and save that. All right. My utilities. I checked out my utilities. I'm like, what am I doing? Cut spending in these 10 areas for an instant raise in your bank account. I'm just telling you. Cut spending in your utilities. Cable TV. Direct TV. Gone. Bye-bye. You know what my direct TV bill was a month? on direct TV and everybody in here knows if you guys have direct TV let me know because listen here's a story this is how life works I'm gonna break something down for you guys real quick TikTok what up all right let me take something down real quick I pay $300 on direct TV I got 10 TVs 10 genies um Cause I got, you know, I got three in my cigar lounge. I got two outside. I got one in here. I got one in the living room, one in my room, one in my guest room, one big one in the theater that plays four different TVs. So I got all these TVs. So I'm like, damn, 300. So I go to Pat Perez's house a couple weeks ago, hanging out with him and chilling. And I'm talking, we're talking about this. This is, put this in perspective. This is how you have to put your life. There's levels to life. All right. There's levels to it. I'm like, dog, I'm paying $300 on Direct TV. I'm getting rid of that stuff. He looks at his wife, looks at me, starts laughing, starts laughing. And I'm like, what's so funny? This cat's like, man, we spend $1,200 a month on Direct TV. I'm like, what? This cat said he spends $1,200 on Direct TV a month. You know why? I got 10 TVs. Hat has 52 TVs. He has 35 in his theater, and he's got another 16 to 20 all over the house in his guest house. I'm like, damn, humble pie. I thought I had a lot of TVs, paying a lot of money. $1,200 a month on direct TV. 
And he's like, man, if I can get rid of that, I'm like, listen. So a buddy of mine hit me up and was like, man, you got to go apps. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I already looked at your, I already looked at what you have. You don't use any of these channels. I go, I know I don't watch TV at all. He goes, I know. What are you doing? I go, all right. So we got YouTube TV set up, all app based. And NFL Network people is going to YouTube TV next year. I mean, not NFL Network, the ticket. The red zone, all that. So NFL is going to YouTube TV. So why do I need DirecTV? I got everything else on app. So you can record unlimited. Plus, guess what? Unless you pay another $1,200 at DirecTV, you can't get 4K. YouTube has 4K. So my TVs already look better. So I'm like, screw it. Scrap YouTube. I mean, scrap DirecTV. I got YouTube TV. Stop eating out, people. You want to save money? Stop eating out. Stop eating out. You'll save a bunch of money. Stop eating out. Impulse buys. I know Lucy on here, Liz, Bree, all the ladies. I hate to shout out the ladies on this regard, but I know you guys. I know you guys impulse buy like crazy. Because I impulse buy like crazy. I know you go on Amazon and drop bread every single time you can on impulse buys. So stop impulse buys. What does that do? Coach, how do I stop? Drop your nuts and have some dang, uh, I don't know, discipline? (laughs) Have some discipline. Subscriptions. How many subscriptions do you have that you don't know about that you're paying every month? Dog, I just found out I had Chet or whatever it is. It's some book buying or book renting app or subscription. You know that one check? I think it's check or Chet. I don't know what it is. But apparently you rent books on there. I must have got it for my daughter or something. I don't know. I've been paying a month on this thing, like I think $19 a month. For the last three years, I didn't even know. Everything gets direct withdrawn. I didn't even know. Take it out. Go look at your subscriptions. I got rid of DirecTV. I got rid of uh, Check or Chet or whatever the hell it is. I got rid of like 16 subscriptions I did not know I had. Six Chegg. There you go, Hector. Chegg. Chegg. I got rid of Chegg. I got rid of, uh, I had a, I had an Adobe account. I don't even know why I was paying Adobe. Uh, I had a, man, if you go check out how many subscriptions you have, I guarantee if you do it today, you'll find out you're like, damn, I got nine subscriptions. I don't even use. I don't even use. So, Coach Hampton's in the house. Executive sessions. What up? Man, I'm just telling you, look at Andrew Sullivan, man. I just canceled my my check. (laughs) Hey, I'm trying to tell you, there's a bunch of subscriptions you got. Transportation. How are you transportating yourself around town? Cutting costs. Do it right there. Gym memberships. Gym memberships. And let's keep it real. All the ladies in the house. Now, the rumor is you guys are taking full film crews to LA Fitness to film your butt working out. (laughs) What is going on? 
What is going on? Are you taking full film crews to the gym to film you work out now? Let's keep it real. Is that what you are doing? <laughs> Cut out your gym memberships. Go jump some rope at the house. Keep your yoga pants at home and your, and your tight tops. Like, go work out with some sweats on at the house. You don't need no dang mem gym membership. Brand name products. Last but not least, stay away from brand name products. Now, when you get to the top, go, go floss. Go buy you some Gucci. Go get you some Jordans. Right now, when you're on the bottom and you're trying to impress your homies, you better stay away from Jordans and Gucci, dog, because you know damn well you just spent your last to floss and look cool for the homies when you know you can't even pay rent. You can't even pay your life bill. But you got Gucci just for the homies. So they think you balling. Boy, you better stay away from brand name products. All those things I just mentioned and watch what happens. You will save money. You will save money. I'm just trying to tell you. I'm just trying to tell you. The final four is in. The tournament has played out with the without it. The tournament has played this long and well without the blue bloods. How has it played out? How has it played out? Uh, poll question. I got to get to you though. I got to get you the poll question. Does LeBron ruin the Lakers team chemistry? Does LeBron ruin the Lakers team team chemistry? Poll question. Drop it. I'm waiting for B Mark to drop it too, because I want to know. Does LeBron's chemistry does LeBron screw up the chemistry? I'm just keeping it real. I want to know. I want to know. I think he does. I think he does. Um, he returned last night. AD shot the ball six times because LeBron returned. Let that sink in. LeBron returned. AD shoots the ball six times. That tells you that what Pat Beverly said has some matter, merit, holds water. What you mean, coach? Pat Bev said that team's crazy. It's all over the place. AD and LeBron beef. They, they think that they're supposed to do this on defense and they do this. The coach don't really tell them. LeBron tells them. Well, AD's been balling. The team looked good. Got to the eighth seed. LeBron returns off the bench, scores 19 points. But AD shoots six times. Why? That could be just to tell you, hey, man, screw it. You're back. Here it is, dog. It's your show. Go ahead. Dog, that team is so dysfunctional. This Laker team is so dysfunctional. And Pat Bev looks like he is exactly right. But we're going to get into Pat Beverly. I, doesn't say, I didn't say I agree with what he said. I'm just telling you. It looks like he's right. Um, how's the tournament played out so far without any blue bloods? UCLA lost to Gonzaga. They got blown out the next week by UConn. Gonzaga does the next day. Miami now, a basketball school, not a football school. <laughs> and was that a foul on San Diego State at the end of the game? If you didn't see it, let me know what you thought it was. Did he move him out the way? Put his hand on his hip. Did he move him out the way? Did he get him out of the way? 
I don't know. Um, I'm curious to see what you think. Um, here's the thing. I see what Jay Wright says. I see what Charles Barkley says. I see what Kenny Smith says. I see what everybody says. Was it a foul? Yes. Right? It's a foul. Now you have all these gray area underlying things that you can talk about. All right? What are you going to say? Uh, coach, he didn't call it all game long. There was only 16 free throws shot the whole game. But they called that. I mean, here it is, dog. It is what it is, in my opinion. I mean, it's a foul. You call the foul. If you're a coach, if I'm, if it's me, I want the foul called, right? If I'm a coach on the other side, I'm saying, why haven't you called this all game long? That's just my opinion. That's my personal opinion. If you're a coach, you got a different perspective. If you're a player, you got a different one. There was only 16 free throws shot all game long. You didn't call anything from the first, from the second half, 10 minute mark on, and then you call this last play. That's where I have the issue, but it was a foul. So you called the foul. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Same thing happened in the Super Bowl. People don't want to, do people forget now? It's same thing happened in the Super Bowl. So let's just keep it real. Keep it pushing. It is what it is. San Diego State, who I said could beat Alabama, would definitely cover. Uh, I actually had them going and beating Alabama on one of my brackets uh, are now finding themselves in a Final Four. A bunch of local San Diego State or San Diego kids, California kids, L.A. kids, and they are uh, taking on the world. They're long athletic. Uh, Jeff, Nadu, and I talk about it every week. San Diego State is going to be a hard out. They beat a great Creighton team. Um, Miami, UConn, San Diego State. Like, have you thought about the Final Four? Do you know you got UConn, Miami, like San Diego State? No blue bloods, dog. No blue bloods. What do you guys think? about college basketball. A lot of you are going to say, I love it, coach. It's equal. It's equity. We like it. College basketball is watered down, just like college. Football is watered down. Period. I don't care what you think. If you think that UConn, San Diego State, Miami <laughs> and Florida Atlantic are the new blue bloods? You crazy as hell. You crazy as hell. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami and Yukon. I bet you can get tickets, dog. I bet you guys can get tickets to the Final Four right now on SnubHub or whatever the hell, wherever you get them. I bet you can get tickets at an all-time low. You better go get you some tickets, dog. You better go get you some tickets. I bet you can go get you some tickets. Ain't nobody in that damn, ain't nobody going to that place like it would be if there was UCLA, Kentucky, Kansas, and Duke. It is what it is. The Blue Bloods aren't there. I don't, I don't think you have to have the Blue Bloods. I don't think you have to have the Blue Bloods. But I'm going to be honest. 
I don't know how good it's for basketball in the next few years having this type of thing. I'm just telling you right now. You got to look at the big picture. A uh, little break, man. I got to give you a little break. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, uh, Jeremiah Maxwell, who's frequent on the show for a long time, still comes in here and there. Alaska, my Alaskan assassin. He sent me a, a video, and I got to play this video because uh, – Shout out to my main man right here uh, that saves his dog. Check it out. Burning and where is the dog? Hold on. Right there. All right, all right, all right. Much love. He's, hey, he got hurt, man. Are uh, you all right? And shoot. I wouldn't even be feeling that pain from that burn. Getting my dog out the fire, she. I'd feel, I'd be like, I'm the best. I'm the best. I, I, I would be like, dog, you can't even mess with me all day long. I'm the goat. I sit on top of the mountain every single day. That is who I am. After I save that dog, you could have burned my whole face off. That's just me. Um, well worth it. Hi, the fire, the firefighters. Uh. D. Jones. D. Jones said, are the firefighters BMKs? Well, first of all, you don't know if the firefighters know what's in the house. They're not going to go into a burning house and just for on GP. They must have known nobody was in there. And by the way, cops, firefighters, unless they're right in their face, they're not saving no pets, dog. They're not saving no animals. So I'm just, keep, I'm just keeping it real. Um, UConn, yeah, I guess you could say they're blue blood, but I don't even know. I, I think you could debate if UConn's a blue blood or not. I think you could debate it. Yeah, they won with Calhoun. They had a run. They had a run with Calhoun. Um, but they're not historically a blue blood. They're not Kentucky, Kansas, UCLA, Duke, North Carolina. They're not that. Let's be real. They're not. And you could argue that UConn and Syracuse are both in that second tier blue blood. Uh, I should do a tier of blue bloods because I would put UConn and Syracuse and teams like that in the second tier. I'd put them in the second tier. That's just me. I'd put them in the second tier. UConn's women's blue blood. Tennessee women, blue blood. Um. I'd put I'd put UConn men, I'd put Syracuse men uh, in the in the second tier. I'd put them in the second tier. That's just me. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Live golf is in Orlando this week. Uh, Ashley Perez, the wife of Pat Perez, uh, my boy, is coming on the show this week. She'll be on the show this week. So stay tuned for that. I'll let you know. She's the greatest. If you don't follow her on Instagram, make sure you do. She's got about 900,000 followers on Instagram. Um, she just she just does her thing. Entrepreneur, business lady. She has a lot of things in the fire. She's a hustler, and uh, it's going to be a good story to hear that. Um, Pat Perez's wife, Ashley, will come on the show this week. Um, I'm going to break down my uh, 
my top 35 NFL running backs. Top 35 NFL running backs. I'm going to break it down um, here in a minute. If you didn't see this horrific accident, um, check it out. Pretty bad. Car just driving down the road, filming it, and uh, a tire rolls off one of these cars, man. And a tire blows. Um, and basically right there and just flips that Jeep or whatever. Uh, I don't know what happened, um, but man, oh, man, oh, man. Um, what a bad accident. Uh, horrific one. Um, I got to get to Charles Barkley and KD real quick. Charles Barkley and KD uh, having a spat on Twitter. And KD's come out. KD's come out. And basically said, uh, let me let you show what, what he said. He said, basically, this ain't getting tiring, Chuck. I'll never respect the words that come out of your mouth, fam. Just deal with it. KD said that about Charles Barkley. When Charles Barkley came out and said he's very sensitive, great player. He's part of that generation who thinks he can't be criticized. He's never looked in the mirror and says, man. Is that a fair criticism? So I got to let you listen to the take. I got to let you hear the take. Uh, Charles Barkley and AD. Durant. He's very sensitive. Great player. He's part of that generation who think he can't be criticized. He's never looked in the mirror and says, man, was that a fair criticism? We're in agreement. Today's players are a little more sensitive to criticism than your That generation. would be an understatement. Got to agree with Chuck on this one. You already know I'm going to agree. You already know how I'm going to get down. Charles Barkley, uh, he hates load management. He hates uh, the sensitive crybaby generation of these NBA uh, $200 million men. When he knows how he played. If you don't know, it's like the old versus the new right now. Isaiah Thomas came out and said Steph Curry wouldn't be what he is today if he played in our era. Then all the young heads come out and be like, all the old heads back on the stool talking that crap. But if you listen to what Isaiah Thomas said and how he broke down Steph Curry, you have to think and wonder and say, dang, maybe he's right. Because if you remember, when Steph Curry came into this league, he was always banged up, right? He always had an injury. Thigh, knee, ankle. If you think the NBA of the old were going to let him heal, you're crazy. Joe Dumars is socking him in his thigh, playing mug defense right in his face. Kobe's mugging him up. Pippen. All the greats that would have guarded him back in the day would have, he would never have got what he got. He never would have got a shot off, dog. He wouldn't have got the shots off that he gets off today. Steph Curry would not get those shots off. Go ahead and debate me all you want. Steph Curry would not have been able to get those shots off. Period. That's just my opinion. I'm sticking to it. And all the young cats are like, man, Steph Curry would have crossed you over. He ain't right. He would have crossed nothing over. You go look at the video of Kobe Bryant D and Steph Curry up to where he couldn't even get a shot off. Imagine that every single night. Because that's what the old school cats did. Period. But Draymond Green has Tristan Thompson on his show. 
talking about LeBron's fear factor. Because Mario Chalmers came out and said, nobody fears LeBron. Tristan Thompson came out and said, nobody fears condoms. Because <laughs> I got more kids than anybody. But having said that, he was like, man, Mario's a hater. Mario won a championship with this man. Now he's coming out throwing LeBron under the bus. Um, what side are you on? You on the side of Mario Chalmers or are you on the side of Tristan Thompson? Both play with LeBron, both won championships. It is what it is. I think Tristan Thompson's soft and would never say anything about LeBron. He's got his own Kardashian issues. If you watch Pat Beverly last night make a skyhook over LeBron and then give him the small symbol and give him the small look, that shows me no fear. Oh, Coach, that's Pat Bev. That's what he do. That's his, that's his get down. Okay. One more cat added to the no fear list, though. <laughs> One more cat. One more cat added to the I don't fear LeBron list. I'm just going to tell you that. So I'm just throwing it out there, dog. I'm just throwing it out there. That's just my question. Uh, you believe Tristan Thompson? You believe Mario Chalmers? Which one is it? I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just asking a question. But the Barkley KD thing's interesting. KD says clearly on this tale here that, you know, I'll never respect the words out of your mouth. Him saying that is why Charles continues to say what he says. Because he knows KD has no respect, not only for the game, but for his forefathers, for the greats that played before him. KD could not have handled the rigor of the NBA before either, FYI. And if you think KD could have handled Charles Barkley, you're out of your mind. <laughs> Charles Barkley would have abused that kid. And that's why I'll never listen to nothing you say. I don't respect nothing out your mouth. Because you're a disrespectful little punk kid, KD. That's what you are, KD. You and KD, you and Kyrie and Ben Simmons and Harden and all these soft cats are the same cats. Disrespectful, unappreciative, soft, who can't win on their own. Babies. That's what y'all are. Period. Leave it at that. I'm just going to tell you. Love Charles Barkley's take. I think KD is a top-tier talent. But if you had to rate KD's career, would you say underachieved, overachieved, or still in progress? Fair question, dog. KD ain't one without Steph. Let's just keep it real. Ain't one without Steph. And ain't even came close. He ain't really came close. He got to a final. Yeah, okay. But that game, that series was never in question. He ain't came close. Let's keep it real. Let me get to my top NFL running backs real quick. Um, I got to break this down. I got to break this down. I got to get to my top 10, uh, top running backs. All right, now look. There's there's 35 running backs that I put into uh and onto a list, all right? I put 35 running backs onto a list. And I put 35 NFL running backs on a list and 
Um, I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about it. Um, I love the TikTokers. Uh, stick to football. Well, anytime you want to come debate basketball, come on on, come on on show. <laughs> I love the cats that never have seen any other generation, but yet only claim to say that their own is the best. Like, you know how ignorant that is? This is how ignorant it is. Man, you don't. You Larry Bird couldn't have guarded KD. Really? You saw Larry Bird play? No, I wasn't born yet, but uh, I heard. The homie told me. <laughs> but yet you won't listen to a cat that's been through three generations and got to see all of them live. That's what, that's what is the killing. That kills me, dog. That is the part. That you young cats are like, ah, oh, it's only my way. No, dog, we're telling you facts because we lived in three other generations. We got to see these cats. But see, you cats deny the truth. You sit there that you deny and deny the truth. You sit there and deny the truth like, ah, oh, oh, the homie saw Larry Bird and he said he was a slow white guy. So Larry Bird can't play now in the NBA. Hell no, he could get cooked. Really? But Luca can dominate. <laughs> but Luca, slow white dude, could dominate the NBA. But Larry, hell no, Cole. Larry Bird can play nowadays. But Luca can. <laughs> See, that's the ignorance, dog. That is the ignorance of you young cats. By the way, Larry Bird was five times the athlete. That Luca is. And Luca scores 50 a night. <laughs> ah, you guys are crazy as hell. I told you about saying that that Booker is the next Kobe thing, dog. I, I, that'll get you blocked in this chat. Talking about Booker is the next Kobe in this chat will get you banned like Whitlock will ban me for talking Mahomes. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get into some running backs, NFL running backs real quick, all right? Uh, let's start from the bottom and, and go to the top, all right? Let's, get, let's start from the bottom, we'll go to the top. I'm not high on running backs, dog. It is what it is. I'm not high on NFL running backs. I'm not high on NFL running backs. They're a dime a dozen. You can get them off the street every day. And that is why the Austin Ecklers of the world are going to suffer getting a big contract. That is why you're going to have Saquon Barkley's in the world not get the bag that he thought he was going to get, why he got franchise tagged. This is why you draft a running back, low rounds, don't pay him big money. In three years, they're a free agent, and you ain't got to mess with them. You never have to really pay them the big bag. Ask Austin Eckler. Ask Saquon Barkley. Ask McCaffrey. Why aren't they getting the big bag? Ask Josh Jacobs. Ask Derrick Henry. Ask Tony Pollard. Ask Nick Chubb. Ask Alvin Kamara. What happened to Jonathan Taylor, y'all? Wasn't Jonathan Taylor the best thing since sliced bread just two years ago? <laughs> Wasn't Jonathan Taylor the next thing? Dog, now what? 
I didn't even hear about Jonathan Taylor last year. So let's get to it, man. I'm just going to give you my top running backs by performance, what I see with the eye as a coach, and the production, how healthy they stay, etc. They can avoid jail, uh, any of that that's going on regarding Joe Mixon and all these other idiots. Alvin Kamara, we don't even know if they're going to play next year. So that has to be taken into account. All right, let's break it down. I'm going to start at number 35. I'm only going to pick 35 running backs, dog, because they're not all worthy. And not everyone's backup's great. And there's some guys. I'm going to start with uh, Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, I believe, is a solid back. And I'm not going to go into depth with all of them. But I'm just telling you, Antonio Gibson is going to be number 35. He's a utility back. He can play on third down. He's an average pass protector. He can catch out the backfield. He is not an every down back. But he does, uh, he does, he does give some uh, some good quality to a team, um, especially on third down. Uh, I'm gonna go 34. I'm gonna go Cam Akers. Cam Akers, I think, has a lot of flaws character-wise. Just my opinion. He has a lot of mental weakness. Um, I think he's a talent coming out of Florida State. Very talented. Helped him. Um, Got hurt in that Super Bowl run, but had a hell of a year. Um, I put him at 34. Dante Foreman. I think Deontay Foreman. I like Deontay Foreman. I think he's a, he's a guy that can get north and south quickly. Um, I put him at 33. A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's a banger. I got him at 33 or 32. A.J. Dillon is a banger uh, in between the tackle guy. Um, good pass protector. Um, I got to put him in my top 35. Tyler Algier, the new young kid, um, played in Atlanta this year. I think he did well. People uh, opened their eyes about him. I think he became – he came onto the scene. I think he became uh, – he's a little bit on everyone's radar now going into next year. He reminds me of a guy that got a lot of hype, and then now he's a guy that blows up. Like a- Arian Foster kind of did for Houston back in the day. Nobody really knew who he was. One year he blows up. He has a 200-yard game. Next season he's big, gets a big bag. And then how long did that Foster thing last? Not very long, dog. Running backs don't last. Brian Robinson Jr., come back from a major injury. Twenty. Uh, I got him around number 30. Um, I think he's a solid back in this league. I think he can play. But remember, running backs are dime a dozen. This is a pass-happy league now. This is a seven-on-seven generation. Seven-on-seven world. This is throw, throw, throw. Brian Robinson, again, not only injuries will hurt running backs and longevity, but so does style of play. Running backs that don't get the rock are even less likely to get the bag. Just to let that sink in. They don't run the ball enough in the NFL anymore. I mean, it is what it is. Look at your boy Singletary in Buffalo. Can't even see what he really is. Rashad White. I like Rashad White. I got to put him in my top 30. J.K. Dobbins. I think he's a slasher. I think he's good in the right system. David Montgomery. Put him in the top 26, 27. I think David Montgomery going to going to Detroit now, I think it's going to be really, really good in a pass-happy offense where they can slip in a draw, where they can slip in inside zone, where they can run power and, and, and outside zone with an offense that's air raid, spread, RPO-based, I think it will have a lot of light boxes dealing with St. Brown out there on the edge. And 
I think that David Montgomery will eat in that offense. In that offense, I think he will eat. Um, Jamal Williams, touchdown scoring machine. That is what he does. Jamal Williams is a touchdown scoring machine. Um, now he's what a saint. Uh, I think that offense, now that Derek Carr is there, they're going to have to run the ball in key situations. Jamal Williams will have a great season again, especially without knowing what's happening with your boy um, Kamara. We'll see how that ends up. I got to put Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny's in there, new team this year. Uh, hopefully he can stay healthy. But again, running back, not available. Wonder why they don't get the bag. That's what it is. Uh, right above him, I got DeAndre Swift, another slash back, young and upcoming back who can hit the corner, who can get in between the tackles. He got to learn from Jamal Williams on how to score the football in the red zone. I think DeAndre Swift's a good slash back. I think DeAndre Swift reminds me of Cam Akers when Cam Akers came into the league from Florida State. DeAndre Swift reminds me similar of what Cam Akers was, and now you don't even talk about Cam Akers anymore, right? Again, proving my point, all these running backs are one-hitter quitters. They're one-hitter quitters. You don't get to hear about these guys too much because they're one-hitter quitters. They have one good year. One guy gets hurt for a year. You don't hear from him again. Cam Akers missed half the season because he said he had personal issues. Man, get out of here with that. Um, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders leaves the Super Bowl attending uh, Philadelphia Eagles roster. We'll see how it goes. Um, I like his physicality. He's an inside-to-tackle runner. He can't catch the ball outside the backfield, but, you know, I don't know if he's a great pass protector. Again, Miles Sanders, if he was so good, why would the Eagles get rid of him? <laughs> Have you seen the trend on all these running backs I'm talking about? They're really, really, really expendable. Number 21, Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris, if he can stay healthy, is a very, very similar back to a – he's not the big bruiser as, as Derrick Henry, but he's similar on that track. Again, what is the common denominator? Bang, bang, bang. How long can you sustain? I should be a rapper around this camp. I should be a rhymer. Bang, bang, bang. How long can you sustain? That is the motto in the running back world in the NFL. Najee Harris is a bang, bang guy, and I just don't know if, if he can uh, sustain. All right. Uh, number 20, I'm going to put Brees Hall. I think he's got hurt. We don't really know. Now I got to know if he can really play, sustain himself. Can he play longevity? He's recovering from another injury. Is he the next Adrian Peterson? We don't know. He couldn't even get through a season already. He was on track to being the rookie of the year. We'll see. I'm going to put him at 20 just because of what I saw last year. All right. And he's younger than those other guys. I think he'll recover and he'll have at least two or three solid years before he's a nobody, which is just unfortunate. That's how this thing works. I got Travis Etienne right above him. Travis Etienne slash slasher can catch the ball, play receiver in the slot. He can go the distance. He can get you a tough yard. He's on an offensive. He's on a head coach's team now in Jacksonville where the head coach understands NFL style of football. He can use the 
he'll, he can use the clock to his advantage with, 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 with Lawrence. He has a lot of good weapons around him. I think their O-line's improving. I think Peterson's the right coach for him and Lawrence. And I think that you haven't seen the best of Travis Etienne yet. All right. Um, Javante Williams. I got to put Javante Williams in this mix. And I also got to put Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce showed a lot of people a lot of things last year on a bad, bad football team. I like Damian Pierce. I like Javante Williams. I'm going to put them right there with James Conner. James Conner had a good year, solid year. I think James Conner, if he got the ball more in a better offense with a better offensive line, I think James Conner would even have had a better season. That's just what I think. That's period. That's what I'm thinking. All right. That's my personal opinion. That's my personal opinion. Um, right above that, I got to put uh, a guy that came that that helped the uh, Kansas City Chiefs win a Super Bowl. I thought he played well down the stretch. I thought he became uh, noticeable. Everyone now has him on the radar. I think he uh, Isaiah Pacheco can go. A lot of people probably, if they were a betting man, hadn't didn't have him on their list. I got I got Pacheco uh, right there above. James Conner around number 17. All right. That's where I'm putting Pacheco. 16, 17. Joe Mixon's going to be right there. Now, Joe Mixon is a every down NFL back. He's shown that he can be a big time one at times. Got a lot of off-field issues. Does he even play? Don't know. We're going to go off his history and his resume so far. That's where I'm putting Joe Mixon. I'm putting the young kid right above Joe Mixon after a lot of evaluation. Got to see a lot of film that I'm going to show with Sean Salisbury. Kenneth Walker III, I'm putting him right there. He's a surprise kid who came in and really, really did a hell of a job in Seattle. I like Kenneth Walker in that offense. I like what they did. The addition of Bobby Wagner yesterday, if you didn't see that, Seattle got Bobby Wagner back on defense. I think Seattle's going to even be a better team next year. Kenneth Walker, run the football. Bobby Wagner leads the defense, stopping the football. I think Seattle has a good recipe for success headed their way. Um, I got to have Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is next. Aaron Jones, dynamic with the ball in his hand, catch the ball at the backfield, can block. He blocks for Aaron Rodgers a lot. He caught the ball at the backfield. He can run in the slot. He can go vertical. He he can bang you. They had a one-two punch in the run game. Uh, I like Aaron Jones as being just that dynamic guy in between the tackles. He reminds me a little bit of Adrian Peterson without all the hip swivel. Um, I like Aaron Jones. I think he's a dynamic back. How long can he last? We'll see. Austin Eckler. Um, I got to put Austin Eckler right here around 11. Um, He's a a 1,600-yard-a-year multi-purpose back, a 20-touchdown scoring back multiple two to ways. I think Austin Eckler is right there. Is he underpaid? Sure. He's underpaid. Is he worth the bag? I think he's worth the bag. Is he deserving of the bag? Here's a guy that I think checks the boxes of deserving and worth. This is why he's worth it. Let me take you down to Austin Eckler road real quick. Austin Eckler is worth and deserving of this bag for this reason. He is a hell of a locker room guy. He's a leader. He is a locker room guy. He's a captain. He's durable for the most part. He gets you 20 touchdowns. He gets you 1,600 plus yards. Eckler is a guy that you can say is worth the bag and deserving of the bag. 
Unfortunately, in the real world that I live in, and I see in the NFL every day, Eckler will never be paid for what he's worth. He will never be paid for what he's worth. He will never be paid for what he's worth because he is similar to what the Saquon Barkley's, what the Josh Jacobs, what all these other backs are that are really, really good. They're a dime a dozen, dog. They're a dime a dozen, and we're in a pass-happy league, and we don't run the football that much. And guess what? We can replace you real simply. And we don't have to pay you after three or four years, dog, because we'll draft a new kid. We'll draft a new kid. So we'll draft a kid out of Texas, dog. We're not tripping. I mean, that is really the mindset. The NFL is gangster with their mindset when it comes to running backs. Just telling you. That just is what it is. That is what it is. Sorry to be honest, but that's what it is. Um, Right above him, I got to put this in here, only for the longevity of it. Uh, Both similar, but Alvin Kamara. Now, a lot of off-the-field issues, dog. A lot of off-the-field issues. We don't even know if he's going to play this year. We don't even know he's going to play this year. But he's had some great years. He's still playing. He's been available for the most part. He can play in the slot. He can return. He can play multitude of positions. He's, for the most part, been durable. Um, Alvin Kamara, I got right above Austin Eckler. He's at 10. Number nine, I got Dalvin Cook. I got Dalvin Cook, who's a dynamic slasher. Um, He is like a big part of that Minnesota offense. uh, Tied in with Justin Jefferson. Tied in with Thielen for a long time. Thielen now left. So I only expect Dalvin Cook to be a bigger part of the offense uh, with Thielen gone with them having to figure out what else they're going to do around Justin Jefferson. Uh, I would think Dalvin Cook even cooks even more this year. Jonathan Taylor, two years ago, could have maybe put him at number one. Two years ago, we could have maybe put him at number one. That's my personal opinion. Now, I got him at eight. Last year was a no-show year for whatever reason. Head coach, team, O-line, quarterback, whatever you want to say. Jonathan Taylor failed miserably last year. He fell off the radar again. That is why he was in trade discussions this year with the Rams. That's why people discussed him leaving Indianapolis. That is why. That is why. All right. Ramondre Stevenson, Juco kid. He's going to come on the show soon. Uh, Once he gets done done, uh, vacationing, I'm going to get Ramondi on this on this on the show. He'll come on. Uh love him. Uh we'll see. I think I got him right around 7. I think he's a bang bang player who can go all downs, get the ball at the backfield, you can move him around, great pass protector, durable, nasty, get you the one yard when you need it. Uh I just hope New England can use him better next year. That's how high I think of him. That's how high I got him. Tony Pollard, I got sitting right at round number six. Tony Pollard, uh, deservingly so. They kept, they got rid of Zeke. They put Tony Pollard, the young and upcoming guy. I think the Cowboys got to use him even more because you're only going to have him two or three more years tops because that's what they last. That's how long these dudes last. Just telling you, that's how long they last. So use them up. Use them up. Um. So I got I got I got Pollard right there. All right, here's the top five. All right, here's my top five. 
Nick Chubb rounds out number five. Nick Chubb is a pound-pound guy who can get you. He can go the distance because you can't grade him down. He can cut on jump cut in the hole. He's a good inside-outside zone runner. He's a big physical cat with huge thighs, can get vertical, catch the ball at the backfield. He's a good pass protector. He just wants to rock, though. You can tell that. Sometimes he gets a little lazy on third-down pass protection. But Nick Chubb, number five. Number four, I got Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, who I'm not a huge fan of for the simple fact that he's injury-prone. And that unfortunate dog, this is what the world is. Running backs are a dime a dozen. I've been saying it. I got to put him there, though, because of what his talent level expectation is, how high his ceiling is. I think Saquon Barkley has a hell of a ceiling. Uh, that is no question. But is he sustainable? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he is or not. Um, I don't know. That's just that's just kind of where I'm at. Um, number three, I'm going to put Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry had a little down year last year. I think. If it was one down and it was one yard, the back that I'm taking off this list is Derrick Henry. If it's one down, one yard, I'm taking Derrick Henry over all other backs to get me that one yard and to extend the game. Having said that, Derrick Henry wouldn't be an every down back for me in my offense, but in in, in Tennessee, he is, which makes my point that I'm about to tell you. This is why he's at number three. He has literally aged in front of our very eyes. He gets the ball more than anybody in the NFL every single year, and they have yet to win a meaningful playoff game. They have yet to make it to the Super Bowl. They have yet to win a Super Bowl, and they are wasting Derrick Henry's finest days, and that is why I have him at three. Yes, he's unbelievable. I love how he runs. I love his physicality. I love all that. But having said that, his he's seen his best days. He may have another breakout year. He may not he may have another great year. But he has seen his best days as far as totality. Over the duration of his career, the best days are behind him. Sorry, that's just is what it is. Number 2. I'm going to put this guy here because he's injury prone as well. He's a slashback. He's a shaker, a mover. He gets traded during the middle of the year, and he does a hell of a job in San Francisco. Christian McCaffrey, I got it number two. Christian McCaffrey's number two, and I think number one for me is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is a bad man. He's on the come up. He's going to be a guy that ends up dominating the running back position for the next two years, I say. You know why I say that? Because this league is short-lived at running back. I love how Josh Jacobs played. I love how he uh, was available. I love what he can do. I think he's a hell of a slash back. I think he's young enough to put him there. And based, this is my opinionated list. The reason I got Josh Jacobs at one is because he's a little bit younger, and I like what the what they'll do on that offense with that scheme going forward, especially with Jimmy G. I think Josh Jacobs only gets even more touches and is even more explosive um, next year. So I think Josh Jacobs for the next two years will be the most dominant back in football, period. So that's my list. That's JB's top 35 running backs. It is what it is.
Zeke is done. I don't think Zeke Zeke is just banged up, dog. Zeke Zeke is taking too many shots to the knees. And I want to break down something from a coaching perspective that you guys may not understand, all right, real quick. People wondered how I got Morgan Ellison, who's the leading rusher in the XFL right now. How did you get Morgan Ellison and Raheem Boyd and Jamal Scott? And how did you get all Shamari Jones? How did you get all these big-time backs at one school. It's real simple. You want to know recruiting secret? Well, here you go. Here's some recruiting secrets that you might want. All right. Recruiting secret 101. When you go to recruit a big time back and the parents ask you, well, you already have a big time back. How's my son going to get touches? I'm saying he's not going to get touches. Your son's not going to get touches. They're going to be like, well, why are we coming there? Because I'm going to get your son a Division I scholarship with the least amount of touches possible so he saves his knees so he can have a longer NFL career. And the parents sit there and look at me like, Coach, you a cold cat. I don't know if I should believe you or not because that's just the coldest game I've ever heard from a coach recruiting my son. I'm like, it ain't game if it's true, dog. And that's how I got every type. That's why I had five five five-star running backs. And that's why, and I kept my word. I didn't bang them out. I kept them low with carries. I kept them low in carries, rotated great backs. All of them got big-time scholarships. All of them had – a couple of them had NFL shots. Shamari's getting, I think, with the Bears. Raheem got picked up by the Lions. Morgan Ellison will probably be in the NFL next year. He's the leading rusher in the XFL right now. There's a reason. Keep them safe, upright, and healthy. Don't need to carry them 35 times a game in junior college. Why? Rakim, you're going to the SEC next year, son. Why would I run you 35 times in JUCO? Damn, makes sense, coach. Now, comes down to, do you believe Coach Brown or not? And now I got to do my sales job and be genuine like I am. And bam, what happened? You act like I got all those backs and then screwed them all. <laughs> no, they're in the NFL. They're in the XFL. They had, went to college. They got degrees. Rakeem was leading the SEC in rushing for two damn years on a team that didn't even win a game at Arkansas. So if you want to break it down, go ahead. You can use my model. Now that I ain't coaching, there you go. I gave you free game. Free game on how to get multiple wideouts, running backs, quarterbacks. I got a pitch for every single position. Maybe on that on last chance queue, I'll give you recruiting pitches one on one, and I'll break down how to get five good receivers, five good backs, five good QBs, and keep them. Remember with that, without letting them go to the transfer portal. Sean Salisbury and I are going to break all that down on last chance queue on Patreon. So make sure you become a member today. Um, that's just my take. That's how you get them. That's how you get those cats. Um, but guess what? It's true though. It's real spit. Dog, I'm not going to milk the running back and try to send him to Arkansas if I run him 35 times a game, times 10 times a games. That's 350 carries in a season. Why would I run this kid 350 times, send him to college in the SEC, let him run the ball again another, let's say, 200 times a season, and then go to the NFL and have a expected long career? Why don't coaches look out for the kid? I, I'm just curious, dog. 
these coaches go in here, and I was waiting for it. This is how I got Raheem. This is how I got Morgan Ellison. Ask them. I'll have Morgan on the show. The parents said, hey, coach, Hutchinson Community College is going to let Morgan run the ball 40 times a game. See, I already knew I had him. I already knew I had him. I'm like, cool, okay. What is Garden City giving him? Oh, they said he's going to be the premier back, 35, 40 touches a game. And they're all like up, and they're like, what? They're all hyped up. And I'm sitting there smiling in the back. I'm just chilling, smiling. And the, and the parents and everybody's looking at me like, what you smiling at, Coach? I'm like, man, I just want to keep hearing what you're saying. I'm listening. Oh, Coach, we want to be the premier back. We ran for 200 yards on Ohio State as a freshman. Ask Zach Smith. That's what Morgan did when he was at Indiana. Got a little, got an allegation that was not true against him. Had to leave Indiana. I took him. Came to play for me. Great kid. Uh, if you don't follow him on TikTok, follow him. He, he's a rapper too, so he does rapping with no cussing. He don't cuss at all on any rap song that he sings that he that he that he raps. So I bring Morgan in. Morgan does his thing. Um, I said, "Hey, pops." You really want your son to carry the ball 40 times a game in junior college? That means absolutely nothing. What you mean, coach? What you mean? No, they didn't. Garden City didn't beat us that year. <laughs> I love when people act like they know what they're talking about. <laughs> so anyway, so, so Morgan Ellison running the ball 40 times a game in junior college is a recipe for disaster, dad. Break it down. Dad buys in. Coach, we're coming. I love what you said, had to say. Hey, man, I'm just being honest. I want to I see the kid thrive. I want to see the kid play for a long time. I don't want to see the kid get 40 carries in junior college. Guess what? Does anyone go back and look at Alvin Kamara's Hutchison Junior College film and say, hey, dog, I want to see that 40 carry game at Hutch when he beat Garden City. <laughs> no, nobody cares. Nobody's going back and watching Kamara's junior college film when he played at Hutch. So why would anyone care if I ran Raheem Boyd 40 times against Garden City on Netflix? How about... He ran the ball 10 times against Garden City on Netflix. Jamal Scott was player of the week that week. Every week rotated. Jamal had 220 yards on like 14 carries when we beat Garden City that year. So I'm just trying to figure out, why don't you understand this simple logic? And why do coaches get beat out for kids by me? I just showed you why. I love the coach that comes in there acting like he's big, bad, Billy, badass, and walks in and is like, Coach, you're going to get 40 carries a game. I'm sitting in the car waiting for this joker to get out the house, and I'm sitting there smoking a stick. And I'm like, this is a rap. Rap City, BT, Big Les. If you don't know who that is, go check it out. <laughs> Kingston Davis was a BMK. So he did not get any carries. He wasn't going to get more carries. And so it is what it is, Keith Smith. Um, Keith Smith, I wish I had less of you in the chat. Oh, guess what? I do. You're blocked. <laughs> All right. So um, 
We're moving on amicably, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast. Pound the like button, subscribe, become a member if you're not one. Um, the XFL, is it sustainable? How long before the NFL takes it back over and crushes them? The USFL starts soon? Here's my question to you. Is there enough good players to be entertaining? Is there enough good players to be entertaining? The quarterback play in the XFL right now is horrid. It's horrible. The XFL quarterback play right now is absolutely horrible. So the USFL, which starts in May, so you got football year-round now. You got the NFL that takes you all the way to February. You got the XFL that goes from February to May. And then you got the USFL that starts right into summer camp for the NFL. And then you got indoor football all over the place, and you got Canada. CFL starts back up. So you got all these different avenues to watch you some football. You can't get tired of football anymore. Can you get over bored from bad play is my question. Uh, USFL quarterback play is horrible. The XFL quarterback play is horrible. And that is why these leagues will not ever, ever flourish. Quarterback. Imagine... Imagine bad quarterback play in the NFL, which I already think it's bad. Overall, I think quarterback plays as bad as it's ever been in the NFL. That is in the NFL. Imagine the XFL and the USFL. Imagine those leagues. Sustaining? Hell no. You wouldn't even watch the NFL if you had these quarterbacks that you see tonight starting in the league. You wouldn't even watch football. So, I don't know how long the XFL is sustainable for. I would say not very, is my opinion. I would say not very, but um, it is what it is. It is what it is. We'll see. I, I don't know. That just is what it is. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this. Uh, it's a kind of a bad look, dog. I, Braxton Berrios, the, che- the, the Jets cut loose the other day. Apparently split with his girl, TikToking uh, my way through breakup, Sophia Coppel. Um, to me, not very good looking either. She ain't the greatest looking thing in the world. Um, but apparently she is now um, hanging out with Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> She's now hanging out with Christian McCaffrey at the, at the pool. They're chilling. I don't know who else is that guy is. I wouldn't be that close to two dudes. Why is the dude's arms crossed over each other almost? Anyway, McCaffrey hanging out with his ex-girl um, is what it is. I don't know. It's, it, it blows my mind how we just rotate, recycle. Happens in the coaching world. It happens in the real world. I saw Lucy on the Discord last night talking about some show where the people have three husbands, the wives have three husbands, and and they're all cool with it. Dog, we're in a recyclable world now. We just recycle coaches. You could be horrible at one place, get hired, and make more money at the new place, still not have won anything. The rappers are all recycling their girls. The NBA players are all recycling their girls. You got Matt Barnes and, 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 and Fisher, and you got... Tristan Thompson and and this guy, like, dog, Booker's got whoever's girl. Like, dog, you can't go find no real regular girl. 
Instagram is alive and well. You can DM somebody, I'm sure, as long as you don't do what Deshaun Watson did. But I'm just saying, keep it funky. Go find you a girl nobody knows. <laughs> There's a, hundreds of millions of them. I don't know, dog. It blows my mind. McCaffrey taking that, to me, is like, dog. I just saw her 17 times yesterday at 7-Eleven. I just saw that girl right there 17 times at 7-Eleven, dog. <laughs> you act like she's just the man. She's fire. No, she's not. She's not. She's got a square jawline. She looks like Tom Brady. And I don't really, I'm not feeling her. That's just me. She did enter the transfer portal. I'm going to be real. She entered the transfer portal for sure. Um, God, that, that's, that is honest. That is real. Um, there's no question about it. Um, I got to get to the most surprising head coaching hires. All right. I'm going to get to that. Uh, but before that, I got my main man, uh, Matt McChesney, is going to be joining me right now. Lap it up. Lap it up for Matt. I appreciate you. Matt, what up, man? We're here on this uh, Monday. A uh, lot going on. The Final Four is here. I uh, hope you had a good weekend. I saw you grinding. Um, what's the latest at 6-0? Got well, Why'd you have glasses on? I thought you got hit or something. No, I just took them off. It's bright. Uh, apparently, these bitches look like AC Green out here. You look AC like AC Green. Green. Never had. Uh, I don't know if you realized anymore. AC Green played in the NBA. And never got any pussy. What a bitch! <laughs> you know you just screwed up my whole cussing show. <laughs> so yeah. So what's going on with this? You can't curse, but I can. You can cuss. I don't care. Uh, no, you can't, you can't curse. No, I'm not. I'm trying to do it for me right now for a week because Matt, I haven't been able to talk to you, but. You're going to be part of it. I'm going to break news on on live show here. I have a few TV deals that are interested in taking this show to TV. So if I do that, which, I, yeah, by the yeah. way, this is how life works with me and Matt. So Matt and I don't ever talk on the phone and never prep any of these shows, by the way. It's not like I give Matt a script. It's not like Matt calls me and says, hey, what are we talking about tomorrow? No, this is not what we do. This is not what we do. So what we do is, Matt, come on. <laughs> Tell me how AC Green never got any ass, and we'll move on. So, having said that, Matt, I'm telling Matt live on the show with 600 people watching. Um, if we get TV show, we can't say some of the things that we always say. I'm cool with that, man. I'm on the radio every day. I, I, I know you are, just like, like I am on Whitlock and stuff. People, people think, Matt, that we just, we just, oh, we can't do it. There's no way. By the way, yeah, no, we can't because we are chameleons and we coach and we played and so we know. All we have to do is not curse. protocol, Matt. So all we have to do is not curse, right? No, we can actually cuss. Like if me and you are talking right now, we're like, man, AC Green never got that, and we know what he didn't do. And then you're like, man, get that shit out of here. That is that in context from what I understand. With we no can certain things like that. Now, if I call it's you, big words though. Huh? The five big words are out, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Or in context. So, like, let's let's use them in a, in a sense. Uh, let's let's be describing something. Hey, all right. 
Now, we know the acronym for C-U-N-T is see you next Tuesday. So that's what we'll say for that word, right? The C word. I'll say, hey, see you next Tuesday, Matt. And uh, so certain things can't be said uh, in the violent manner they once were. So I'm going to try it this week. I'm going to see if I could do it. And then maybe I'm the guy on Unnecessary Roughness, Matt, the coach, who was in a suit. And he said, you know what? I got tired of this shit. And he yeah. takes off his suit and rips it apart. That might be me on Friday. I'm, I sick, I'm sick of this shit. I don't know. It might be me on Friday. <laughs> what was that coach's name? That was... Uh, Jer- Jericho. Jer- uh, Gennaro. Gennaro. Ed Gennaro was the name of the head coach. Yep. Yep. And the defensive coordinator. I can't remember that actor's oh, name. Oh, yeah. Too. That's who did it. That's who did it. Uh, why, why, why is that movie so underrated? That movie kicks ass, bro. That movie... Bro, Scott Scott Bayo, or isn't is that that's not Scott Bayo? Oh, Scott Bayo. That's not Scott Bayo, the fucking quarterback guy, whatever, whatever his name is. Thirty-five years. Whatever the quarterback's name is, shows oh, up. Jason Bateman, believe it or not. He, he, Jason Bateman's a running back on the team. Yeah. Fucking Sinbad's on the team and shit. Oh, the, he, guy, the guy that's the head guy in uh in New Orleans uh, CSI is the guy that was the quarterback. Yeah, that's what I'm. So I can't remember his name though. Like, but, yeah. uh, yeah. So he shows up to practice smoking a heater. <laughs> yeah, on the farm, coming off the farm. He's like, he's just like, are you done with this? Thanks. He goes and starts throwing fucking touchdowns. That's the beauty of the quarterback position. Right 40 there. years old. And then he was screwing the teacher, the professor yeah, back in high school. Teacher. Yep. Yep. Sounds awesome. Can I get on this college trip? Can I go back to college right now and play guard and find a hot teacher and bang, bang? Like, we're good. Yeah, Scott Pakula is his name. Yeah, there you go. Even with NIL, bro, I could get an NIL deal. We got this ice barrel shit going. What's up? Hey, Kathy Ireland's kicking. We got my boy, the Uso, the right. show. Kathy Ireland was the kicker. And then uh, the, the big Samoan center. He, he yeah. That yeah. At the end of the movie. Sinbad, Sinbad was uh, the teacher that came back and played left tackle. Yeah. Deep tackle. Andre did not eat meat. Andre is a vegetarian. Hey, by the way, he's struggling for his life right now. Sinbad? Yeah, man, he had a massive stroke like two years ago. He's not recovered. Bummer. Um, I just I just gave my top thirty-five NFL running back list. I just want to go back to five. I just want to do my top five. Uh, here's my top five: Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey. Not in any order. Who would be your number one out of that top five? McCaffrey. I got I got Josh Jacobs at one and McCaffrey at two. Okay, Josh Josh Jacobs is a fucking dog, bro. I, I love. The reason is because McCaffrey's got some recent injuries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they all have. Other than Jacobs, they all have injury issues. But, but look, I don't name me a back that doesn't have some kind of injury issue. Right. And, and that's what I just talked about in length. Uh, 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 I just went in length, Matt, and I was like, dog. I think Matt would agree. the The problem with Eckler is, yes, he is underpaid. He is undervalued, in my opinion. He's a 1,600-yard-a-year guy, 20-touchdown guy, and he's a great locker room guy. Yeah, he's awesome. But guess what? He's going to get screwed, man. It's a running back. In three years, you don't have to pay him. You can get a new rookie coming out, and you don't have to pay them. They just get recycled. Yeah, that's, the that's the way this business works. And running backs are the most – I hate to say this because a lot of them are freak athletes, but if you're, it's very rare to go on a run like uh, – I played with Thomas Jones with the Jets. And Jonesy went from the Cardinals, had four or five really good years, went to the Bears, had four or five really good years, went to the Jets, had three or four really good years, 
ended up with the Chiefs having good years and ends with like 13,000 yards rushing. Like, that's pretty rare. That doesn't happen very much. So most of the time they are short spurt, you know, like Clinton Portis type guys. But Clinton went for 7,000 yards and was really, really, really dominant for a long time. He was great in Denver for a long time and he was great in Washington for a long time. And then one day he was gone. Willis McGahee was awesome. And one day he was gone. Like Chris Johnson was awesome. And one day he was gone, you know? So it, it makes me love guys like Marshawn. I'm a, I'm a huge power back guy. I love the, the Bo Jackson, Mike Allstott. Now is Mike Allstott a running back? Here's the next question. Here's a question for you. My, like on my all time team, Mike Allstott's my fullback, him and Larry centers. Me but, too. Um, but, I, I I'd love to put Allstott at tailback and put like Lorenzo Neal in front of him and then just fuck you up all day. <laughs> I got Lorenzo Neal above centers, even though I love centers out the backfield. Uh, centers is true fullback though. True fullback. I got to have Neal. Oh yeah, I mean, look, centers didn't wasn't there to block. Centers was there to catch the ball. He had over a hundred catches a couple of times. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I. All-Star's a fullback to me because if you equate it to this day's game that you break down every day at 6-0, Matt, that I watch film of, uh, by the way, you called one of your calls Sarah, and I'm like, did you really have to call it Sarah? Um, but anyway, <laughs> I want to know. Um, I got to ask you something. If All-Star played today, Matt, what would he be? Let's be honest. A fucking He's linebacker. <laughs> He's a move H-back. And he he's would, a scissor tight end. He's not, he's not playing anything no more. He'd be a center. Yeah, exactly. Like, they would be like, oh, you're really athletic and you're big, so you go play center. So, I, look, he would get – he would absolutely get moved. But, look, Purdue just had – I want to say maybe three years ago, they had a big white boy that wore number 40 that was crushing people in games. Like, un, couldn't tackle the fucking kid. And he's not in the league killing people. And that's where, like, Allstott went to Purdue and shit and wore 40. Like, if you couldn't see that, that's the thing is, in an era of football where it's so soft, and it's what it is, I think that they should revert back to fucking bigger offensive linemen and bigger tight ends and a fullback and a tailback and just line up and be like, oh, okay, this is what the Broncos are going to do here in Denver now that they've tried, they've tried this Russell Wilson experiment and it did not work. Sean Matt, I'm sorry, no, I told people the other day, if I coach tomorrow and I get a job and I hire Matt McChesney, that's my old line coach, we're running 21 personnel. We're going to get into twins 21, <laughs> the Sting 12. We're running ISO power, F power, yeah. F counter. Nobody. Hey, Matt, tell the truth. Linebackers are turning that down now. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's the three techniques don't. They, it's not that they don't want to take double teams. They're not being taught how to take double teams. Everybody's pass rushing all the time. The linebackers are like the size of Steve Atwater back in the day. That like that's Bass, not enough. Bobby Wagner, Steve. I'm just saying, Steve would Steve and Dennis Smith would be playing fucking linebacker now. So, I I personally think that if you look at some of these teams, and for example, like if Buffalo really went run heavy with Josh Allen, I think that they would win a Super Bowl. I do. But at the same time, people go, well, Baltimore goes run heavy with Lamar and they don't win a Super Bowl. Well, well, exactly. Josh Allen with a heavy run game behind him is going to look different than Lamar Jackson with a heavy run game behind him because 
a heavy run game behind Josh Allen is not Josh Allen. A heavy run game behind Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. He's the one fucking running the ball. So Singletary didn't get enough touches, in my opinion. He didn't, and they didn't use Zach Moss right, and that that could be a good place for a guy like Derrick Henry if they have the audacity to trade him. How did Tennessee fuck this up like this, bro? Like I, Tennessee, I, just, I, just, had, I, have, I have him at my at number three for me, only because I think he's he's his best years are behind him. Unfortunately, they, they didn't even get a Super Bowl out of all that pound pound that he's done. Well, this is what Tennessee does. Tennessee gets good offensive lines and good backs with Steve McNair was a pretty excellent quarterback, but other than him, average quarterbacks, and then they they ring it as far as they can ring it, and it's not far enough, and the, the back gets hurt, and it's over. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Derrick Henry goes to one of these – like, could you imagine Derrick Henry in Kansas City? Like where he doesn't I, like Pacheco, yeah, I think he's dynamic for that offense, but oh, he can catch the ball too. He's good in the screen game. Like for yeah. everybody that thinks all he can do is run, he's actually pretty and, good in the screen and game. Our, and, our, and our point, Matt, is being proved as we say this, Jonathan Taylor two years ago was the greatest thing since sliced bread. He is now nothing. Where is he at? We don't even talk about him. Like that. This is <laughs> the flash in the pan. Is what I'm talking about. Like that's why they're not going to get paid. This is why I'd be weary about paying Josh Jacobs even though he's a fucking monster. Like, if Josh Jacobs goes this, through this next year for the Raiders, and they are going to wear him the fuck out. Like, they're going to give him the ball. Josh, I, if, if there's props on, on the betting sites of who's going to le- lead the league in rushing, who's going to have the most carries, who's going to have the most t- touchdowns, it's fucking Josh Jacobs. He's going to get all the touches. They already got rid of Waller. It's going to be Adams, Renfro, and Jacobs and Jimmy G out there turning down free sex. Time out. Time down. Jimmy G got offered free sex for life just for being pretty. What about all the ugly dudes, dog? What well, come on? What about the grunts? Help us. Grunts need free sex. What's up? But back hey, to the Raiders. Short, fast, skinny, and tall. That's what I'm saying. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're the Raiders, you just wear out Josh Jacobs for one more year on the salary cap number and let him walk. Unless he goes for like 2,000 and fucking you guys make the playoffs and he's the centerpiece, then you have to resign him. You can't let him go then. But then you let him go to a different team and see if it continues, then he's the enigma. But if it falls off of a cliff, then everyone goes, okay, draft the next guy from Alabama. If you just look around the NFL, pretty much all the bad motherfucking running backs are from Alabama. Jacobs, Henry, Brian Robinson's from Alabama, Swift is from Alabama. I mean, they got some dudes, bro. Let's transition into coaching. Um, I'm not transitioning today. I'm I'm identifying as a man. Thank you. Yeah, bitch. I'm going to get you to cuss. I swear I am. No, you're not. I'm a disciplined disciplined mammal. Um, (laughs) I can't even. Hey, I was like, what commercial to show today? Uh, Can't show Matt and I Mahomes commercial. um, I call you last night, bro. I was engulfed in the NCAA tournament, and then I was. Hey, speaking of that, real quick, uh, Final Four is here. Um, no blue bloods. You yeah, guys, who's that Miami, Miami, Florida Atlantic, and San Diego State. I you know bet you I had? Pick that Final Four. They should be trillionaires right now. Zero. Um, <laughs> without the blue bloods in the NCAA, are you okay with it? I know you are. You like watered down. I'm. I don't like it. Look, I love the NCAA tournament. I don't like college basketball, if that makes sense. 
Like college basketball during the regular season and the tournaments, I could give a shit. I'm not going to watch unless unless Colorado's got a good team and I'm going to take my kid up once or twice. I don't really care. Now, all that said, when the tournament gets here, I can't stop watching it. I love the, how hard they play. I love how tight the games are. I almost like the fact that not everybody out there is a fucking superstar NBA player. Like, I don't mind watching guys who you don't know about. The, like that, that number 15 from Florida Atlantic, I don't know what his name is, but I, I know what his number is. I'm going to Google that shit today and figure out who the fuck this guy is. So it's, it's an awesome opportunity for kids to put themselves on. And I think that it's really productive and I, I love the tournament. And I love the fact that there's four, you know, schools and not what the highest is a four seed. I mean, UConn's a four, San Diego State is a five, is a five. Miami's a five. Miami's a five and Creighton's a six, right? Creighton's out. San Diego State beat him. Well, that's right. Great. You don't even know who's in it. That's how what I'm talking well, about. Well, Florida Atlantic's a nine. So there you go. So you got a nine, yeah, two, nine a four, five, and two, five. And so that's fucking crazy. And look, this college basketball is true parody where a team like Princeton, where they've been together for four years and they're all old and nerdy and smart and they know everything, they can run a team like Arizona who's got a bunch of one and doneers on their team pretty much. And it, like, you should honestly see this coming if you're a better, but no one does. Everybody picks the top seeds. Next year, I'm going to just start picking fucking lower seeds and putting 100 bucks on all of them. And like, okay, this one hit, this one hit, this one hit. I don't even care if the rest of them win. So I think that this trend will continue. Um, you know, I, I don't think that the players are, or the elite players are just going to Duke or Kentucky or North Carolina anymore or UCLA. They're spread out and it, it's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's a great TV show. They do it right. And Charles Barkley is like, can Charles Barkley run for fucking president, please? Hey. I'm, I'm like, you think I'm kidding? I'm not. That guy, like, he, he calls people out constantly, and I love it. What do you think about him and KD? Here's a video. Kevin Durant. He's very sensitive. Great player. He's part of that generation who think he can't be criticized. He's never looked in the mirror and says, man, was that a fair criticism? We're in agreement. Today's players are a little more sensitive to criticism than your That would be an understatement. Uh, yeah, I would I say so as well. Um, and All then KD, KD Mattis came out and said, oh, I'm sorry. KD came out and said um, this right here. He's like, it, this, is getting, this ain't getting tiring, Chuck. I'll never respect the words that come out of your mouth. See, that's the problem that I have, uh, Matt. These guys like KD, I still put them in this other generation of soft-ass people. And I'm just telling you right now, KD don't respect Charles Barkley. He don't respect his forefathers. He don't respect the people in front of him. Um, I could say soft-ass, by the way. I got clearance. I could say ass. Um, so I don't know what you think, but – Oh, you know what I think. You know exactly what I told you. A couple old whites I wanted to get our opinion on. You know, you know what I think. And I'm a middle-aged white. Thank you. I'm getting old white now. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a middle-aged white. Um, I think he's right. I think Durant is super soft. The Phoenix isn't going to win shit with that guy. Um, the modern-day NBA player is the most coddled, softest version of an NBA player in history, in my opinion. And it ain't just them. 
the modern day NFL player is the most coddled to and softest that they've ever been. The modern day baseball player is coddled to and soft. The, the, the owners have allowed the players unions to get empathy into the negotiation room. And in the past, there was no empathy. It was just show up, do your job. That's what you get paid. Shut your mouth, go to work. And I'm not saying that's the right way to do things, but it sure did force people to be tough as nails if they wanted their money. Oh, yeah. and, and now it's like, I, I can't tell you how many kids sign up to go to play college football that just want free school. Like the only thing they're doing this for is to get a scholarship. And then after, after it, they shut it down. Or guys who just get drafted or get into the NFL and they get one or two more years and they get a little money in their pocket and they shut it down. And it, it, it it's a ramp, it's rampant. And like back in the day, I used to look at that and go, I'll just use myself as an example. I used to look at my six-year NFL career where I changed positions at the, after my, my third training camp and had to move to offense and learn everything and stay in the league. And every minute I was like walking around on eggshells like I'm about to get cut. There's no guaranteed money and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I look at that as like a, a, a coat of armor. Like that's how I got my pension. I, I, I worked through bullshit for six years to get what I wanted. I, I was forced to quit. I didn't just get my pension and go, oh, I'm out. And now I feel like there's so many professional athletes and it's trickling down to college that look at the circumstance and they're like, okay, how do I get as much for myself as humanly possible first? in order to make sure that I'm okay first. And, and, and then, you know, whatever happens with the team happens and I'll be a team guy if, and in my opinion, a true teammate and a true athlete is a guy who's going to put himself second and know that if he does his job, he's going to be taken care of. I name me one guy in history that did what he was supposed to do on a league minimum contract and was not like, and that was not reciprocated by the team. Name somebody. Like Philip Lindsay is probably the only one that off the top of my head that I can come up with. And that's simply because I worked with him. Yeah. I mean, we, we might see, we might see uh, Eckler. I don't know. Uh, and, and both, what did both of these guys play? Back. Running back. But <laughs> uh, like, like Nate, Nate, like Lane Johnson, what did Philly just do with, for Lane? Hey, let me ask you, let me, yeah, he's good. Let me ask you this: Do you put any correlation with the who we did? You just mentioned, ironically, two backs. I know Lindsey. Lindsey went to Colorado, right? Yep. And uh, uh, Eckler went to Western, and Eckler yeah, went to and, 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 and in, the, in the big picture of things, Matt, Colorado maybe not anymore with Dion going there, and not before, obviously, with the enemies of the world and Charles, all those guys that came out. Yep. But lately, when Char- when Lindsey was there. We could argue, we could debate and say Colorado is really was a small school comparable to an Alabama when it comes to running backs getting oh, out. Yeah. So you're really yeah. talking about Lindsey being at a school that really wasn't pushing out big time NFL talent. Eckler went to Western State, Colorado, D2 in the Armac. Yeah. Uh, those guys are, do you, you correlate any of that with not getting the bag in the NFL though, because they're looking down on them? It's one, it's a, re, it's a reason. It's definitely something. They're, look, they went undrafted. We can find another undrafted guy to do the same thing. Let him leave. And yes, you know, in 2016, Phil Lindsay had an unbelievable year for CU. He left after the next year in 17. He probably should have left as a junior. He would have gotten drafted. But he didn't. He stayed. 
And he ended up going to the Broncos and then making a Pro Bowl as a rookie. But now he's out of the league. He's not playing anymore. He's retired. He's just like me. So I don't know if he's retired, but he's out of the league. I know that. He's watching. So, But if you look back in history, there were great backs there in, in the 90s and early 2000s. I played on a team with Bobby Purify, Chris Brown, who's a fucking monster, Cortland Johnson, and then Markeisha Houston, or Marcus Houston, excuse me. We call him Markeisha. Um, that guy is a female dog. See, I didn't curse. It's nice. I put us on TV. Um, but the the Alabama, the train that Alabama is running right now on the rest of college football, and yes, that's what I said, the train that they're running on college football is is pointed by the running backs. I mean, just look at the last, like, from Mark Ingram on. I, I can't even, off the top of my head, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking, like, really, really forget it, probably 10 guys. Ingram, Henry, who was the big fat fucker that went to uh, Green Bay? Oh, see, I cursed. Who was the great big back that went to Green Bay? Eddie Lacy, remember him? Eddie Lacy was a first rounder. He ate himself out of the league. You got Robinson, you got Swift, you've got, I mean, just dude after Josh Jacobs. You got dude after dude after dude. It's if if you want to be a professional running back, you go to Alabama, bro. That's they just turn those guys into pros, and they're all good in pass protection. They all or Georgia, them. Georgia has them too, and a few others. Georgia has good backs. I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying Alabama's got the yeah they're holding the, they're holding the crown right now for running back. You, no doubt, no doubt. Um, before we transition back over to football, real quick, the Final Four, San Diego State foul call, deserving. Uh, did they deserve the win, or was it a bad call? If you're in, if you're in Omaha, it was an awful call, and if you're in San Diego, it was the right call. So, if you're a coach, Matt, if you're a coach and listen to Jay Wright speak, uh, and then you get Barkley's perspective, and then you get Kenny Smith's perspective, uh, I do see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk as a coach. I, I tend to agree with Jay Wright as a coach. Uh, if I'm a coach, I want the game called in the first quarter or the first half, the same as it is in the second half. If you're not going to call any fouls the whole game and we're only going to shoot 16 free throws all game long and you call that hip check or whatever you want to call it a foul to win the game, I would have a problem as a coach. Well, gee. And from a player perspective, Matt. Doesn't, I mean, that, doesn't that sound just like the Super Bowl? That's what I said earlier in the game. I said we're not talking about it anymore. The Super Bowl same way. Same exact thing. So – Yes, I think the ref should back up. But, but if there's, a foul, me. if there's a foul or a penalty, you have to call it. So, I look, the refs have an impossible job. They're never, they're never going to be looked at as a reason why somebody won. They're only going to be there for the negative. Why you would want to do that job, I'll never know. And why they don't try and and hire the smartest and best refs, the refs should be making a ton of money. They shouldn't be making like, you know, hourly wages, bro. Like you need somebody that actually gives a shit about the job in order to yeah, lawyers, doctors coming like they're, out over they're smart people, but it's a, the job is not their main focus. It's their hobby. It's like, exactly. I get to go to the final four for free. All I have to do is run up and down the court and blow a fucking whistle. Like I, I'd like to see, <clears throat> moving forward especially with football like i want to know which 
ref, like which group, which which crew is working together so I can actually figure out if I want to bet on the goddamn game. Yeah. Uh, transition to coaching. I got to get in some coaching stuff in. Um, I want to ask you, most surprising head coaching hires that have either succeeded or failed. Um, We're in college or pro? We're going to just stay in NFL first. Let's talk. McDaniel, Miami Dolphins. Uh, they hire a guy that was basically a run game, analytical type of cat, learned under Shanahan, was been around since he was a little kid, ball boy for Gruden. Was, was Broncos, uh, I, I met McDaniel when he was a kid at Bronco training camp back in the day, bro. Yeah, Broncos GA or whatever you want to call him. Um, That's why you're to everybody all the time. You never know who's going to be a head coach. <laughs> exactly. So not <laughs> – me and you and I aren't surprised with the hire because we know how many guys have been hired and look like him, right? Act like him, walk like him. This is what the NFL is. The NBA is, or the NFL is a ladder. Like if you start at the bottom and you cut your teeth and do it right, eventually you're going to get to the point where someone's like, "You want to be the head coach?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean administratively, I mean, this is what it is. I mean, this is political now at this big time business game. Uh, do you, do you, do you rank him as a failure, a success or jury still out? Jury's still out, but he's been pretty good up to this point. I mean, he made the playoffs last year. They were a possession away with a third string quarterback of getting a win on the road in Buffalo. Um, after they went to Buffalo the week before, so they had to go back to back, which the, the NFL has to fix that. Like, it, come on, NFL. I'm tired of watching division games week 16 and 17 that don't mean anything or the teams play each other right away again. Like, obviously, you didn't think about that when we were talking about seven playoff teams, but you can figure it out. You're the NFL. Um, I like McDaniels. I think he's a breath of fresh air in coaching. He, you know, he's, he's smart enough to go out and hire people that are smarter than him, i.e., uh, the, the defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, who was here in Denver forever, who's a terrible head coach, but a great D.C. You know, he's got a really veteran staff offensively around him. Um, and and look, Miami is selling out. They went and got Jalen Ramsey to put on the other side of Howard. I mean, that, that right there, Jalen Ramsey and Howard together at the corners, holy shit, you want to talk about turnovers. So I think Miami's put themselves in a very, very good position. And if Aaron Rodgers does end up going to the Jets, which I think is just a matter of time and not uh, whether or not it's going to happen, the AFC East is going to be a bloodbath, bro. It is (laughs) – holy shit, that division is going to be fire. Um, Brian Dable. I dig him too. I really do. He Look, he was a coach with the Jets when I was there. He's a great man. He really, really, really gets along with his players well. He's the kind of cat – that he knows everybody's name. He makes a point to know something about you. Even if you're a practice squad puke ex-defensive lineman like I was when I transitioned over. And it was, you know, it, like even a coach giving you shit and jiving with you means that he cares. Um, and then look, that's what that's what BD did. I mean, he was, he was a great coach. He's super smart. Um, he's got a photographic memory so he can remember shit from fucking five years ago. He can remember plays. He's like McVay in that regard. And I think the Giants got their next head coach for the next 20 years, honestly. Like, I, I think that they were searching for somebody after Coughlin for so long to right the ship there in big blue land. And 
they got the right guy, bro. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if in a couple of years, if Sean McDermott in Buffalo is like, they're like, oh, well, shit, maybe we shouldn't have fired Dayball. We should have just kept him and fired McDermott. Even though McDermott's been great and they're in the playoffs, I don't think they'll ever win a Super Bowl with him as a head coach. Me neither. Um, I just I don't know why I feel that way. I just I feel like he's one of the reasons why they he's one of the reasons why they just look like when things get hard, they just kind of look at Josh Allen and they're like, what are you gonna do? Instead of having a plan. And I got I got a, a thing for him uh after this. The the so you got McDaniel, you got Dable. What about Kevin O'Connell's first year in Minnesota? Uh success, jury out, failure. No, definitely a success. They win the division. But their defense gave up more points than their offense scored. It's like one of the only times in NFL history where you had that many wins, but the disparity of points was really, really high. I mean, go look that up if you're out there listening. It was The number was nuts. Um, I think they played a weak schedule. I think they won some games that they weren't supposed to win, i.e. the game in Buffalo on the road, so on and so forth. Um, and again, I think Minnesota, if I'm the Vikings, I'm going to just – expedite this and i'd be going after aaron Rodgers now i'd be going after lamar jackson now like i'm not gonna sit around and just wait for kirk cousins to become something he's not kirk is a really good game manager regular season quarterback that will put you in position to be competitive but when you get into a nut cutting situation he is not the guy he's never been the guy and he ain't gonna be the guy so as a as a gm and a, and a guy making decisions when you're looking at the rest of your team, they just get right, got rid of Thielen for the for the cap space. They'll probably draft a receiver when they should be drafting offensive linemen. They'll probably draft a corner when they should be drafting a pass rusher. Like if Minnesota ever learns to fortify from the trench out instead of the back in, I think they'll be really good. But again, like the, this is. It's, it's one of the things about the NFL and college football that I always watch is who is fortifying the trench and who is fortifying the air. And usually if the trench is weak, it doesn't matter what you have in the air because you ain't going to, it'll never get there because your quarterback's going to be on his back. So, you know, if, if I'm a head coach or if I'm a player personnel director or recruiting coach, I am going after the big guys first and heavy and hot, and I'm doing everything humanly possible to get them in the door and then after that, we'll go find some skill players quick. Um, the I don't know his name. What is his name? Uh, Eberflus, Chicago. Uh, the the head coach Matt Eberflus. Eberflus. Yeah. How how do you rate his first year? Uh, uh, I'll Chicago. give it a neutral. I'll give it a neutral. I thought I thought that uh, the 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 quarterback kid. Uh, what's his name again? Fields. Yeah. I don't know why I just forgot that CTE. Because he's uh, not very good. Fields is a good athlete, not a good quarterback yet. Uh, he's exciting. He's fun to watch. Like yeah, I'll, throw, I'll, throw a, I'll throw a bet on him to see if he's going to score a rushing touchdown. But yeah, Walter Payton. Yeah, but he's not. Do I think he could be good? Sure, sure. Do I think he could go out and turn into a professional quarterback from the pocket? No, I think he's he's programmed to be an athlete first. Although, if you made him sit in the pocket and take those hits and deliver the ball, I think he might be able to mature into that. You get him DJ Moore, you get him some pieces, that's great. But your offensive line is still shambles and always ha- and has been for years. 
And again, you went out and got a fucking receiver instead of a tackle. So I, I know you got him a receiver for help and he needs it drastically, but he also needs offensive line help bad, you know, and so does David Montgomery, who's another good back who's being wasted in Chicago. So I like fields. I think the bears are, are in a position where they could do something to maybe put themselves in a position to be in the playoff hunt, but they're not a serious contender and they haven't been for years. Um, where do you rank these veterans that are in new teams? Uh, Doug Peterson, uh, what he did after Urban Meyer, a what plus. he's done with uh, basically resurrecting Trevor Lawrence from being a maybe a Philip Rivers to now maybe being an Eli Manning. Maybe he's on the track to win a few Super Bowls in, in Jacksonville. He looked a lot better last year than he did the year before. Uh, you got ETN, uh, a rising back in this league, uh, who can do a lot of things. I think they got a lot of good parts. Uh, I think they'll get better on defense. Um, what do you rate Doug Peterson right now? So I look, I think Jacksonville is going to be a 12, 13 win team next year. And I, I think they're going to be really, really scary. Um, Chad Muma is a defense or a linebacker down there from legend high school that I've been working with since he was 15, went to Wyoming, got drafted by them in the third round last year. I talk to him all the time and he's just, he's got like almost a man crush on Peterson with how just the whole team does. Like they love their coach. Um, especially the guys that were there in the urban Meyer disaster and the horror stories that they say and tell it, it makes you even, you know, more enduring to, to your coach. Cause you know, he's got your back. Peterson has also been through the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows from a super bowl to fire two years later. So I think he knows what he doesn't want to do again which is like very similar to like relationships and shit. Like, Hey, I was married forever. Now I know what I don't want. Um, and I think he's going to be in Jacksonville for a really long time. As long as Jacksonville and Sean Khan doesn't fuck that up, which I don't think they will. Uh, and look, Jacksonville scary. I love ETN. I think that their offensive scheme is awesome. I don't know if they brought back Ingram or not the tight end. He was only on a one year deal, but he was, he was a really good player for them. They should definitely bring him back. And then defensively, I just think they take another step up. You know, they've got a lot of high draft picks on that defense. The Allen kid from Kentucky a couple of years ago isn't like a 15-sack guy, but he's a big play guy. Like, he's going to make some big plays, but it may not be just all sacks. Uh, I love I love the, uh, the the number two, the defense or the, the safety uh, that, that balled out last year against Dallas. And then again, in the playoffs, can't remember his name either, but then Lloyd and Muma and all the other guys they have in the linebacker court. I think Jacksonville is going to be pretty good. Um, where do you rate guys that have, I want you to rate these three guys because you already mentioned one of them. Um, so we got Sean McDermott, Shanahan and McVay, uh, all, you know, McVay's got a bowl. The other two don't, uh, McVay's been to two. Um, very interesting. He's, he's in the discussion of, uh, you know, oh, I might retire and all this other stuff. Where do you rank those three guys? Uh, kind of go in, just go down the list. Let's start with, let's start with, uh, Shanahan. Um, since we haven't discussed him yet, uh, is he a guy that you're banking on to win, win him one or not? I think Shanahan's going to win a ring eventually. Um, as a, as a Bronco analyst here in Denver, I thought, the fact that Denver didn't hire Kyle when they could have, and they went with Vance Joseph was a massive mistake. Um, Kyle will win one eventually. It just get a quarterback, which is amazing to me that they're not like 
leveraging everything to go get Lamar or Aaron. Um, McVay's already got one. Uh, you know, he's really good when he's coaching elite players, and everyone is. So last year was a wash. We'll see how this year goes. It'll honestly, this next season, with about everybody halfway healthy, I'm gonna see if Sean McVay can really coach or if he's just out there managing talent. And then who is the third one? Uh, McDermott. Uh, yeah, look, McDermott, we talked about McDermott in Buffalo. I like him as a regular season coach. He's awesome. In the playoffs, though, he's, he better figure this out or he's going to be, you know, the a worse version of Marv Levy, and that's not good. Let me play a game with you real quick. Who do you take? Only if you I got know. one pass. What? Did We're going to play a game one? right now. We're, who do you take? We're going to call it. If you're building a team right now, um, very similar guys. One you could argue that has kind of hit his peak and kind of fizzled out. I want to. I'm starting to hear things that everyone's kind of over the rah rah. And another guy who was on that path who has now escalated and now people are back on the bandwagon. Do you take MCDC or my, or Vrabel? I'm gonna go with Vrabel. I like Vrabel, man. I think Vrabel I like Vrabel too. Uh, he and hasn't won that game. He's a great player. I think he's his his guys love him. Again, if I don't know why Tennessee's not going after Lamar Jackson, can look. I know you don't like him, or let me take that well, back. Breaking news, Matt. Breaking news before we move on. Here, Lamar Jackson just tweeted. I want to first thank everybody, love and support. All you are amazing. Da 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 da. In regards to my future plans, I've requested a trade from the Ravers organization for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that's met me and been around me know I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You can all, you all are great, but I have to make a business decision that was best for my family and I, no matter how far I go or where my career takes me. Well, first of all, it's horribly grammatically written. Number one. Number two, um, that is why you struggle. You don't have an agent. Anyway, so uh, what? First of all, there's these things that are called periods, commas, and like quotes and shit. It's called grammar, and I hate people that correct my grammar. But there's autocorrect on your phone. What the hell is going on? Not, not only that, Matt. Let's let's get our circle tight, dog. Let's get our publicist to write this for me. We're a business. You just said you want to make a business decision with an elementary grammar. You want to make a business decision with elementary grammar. Like, are you kidding me? You oxymoron, critical statement. You are my favorite, dude. Let's get our circle tight here, dog. Okay, so <laughs> I'm using that shit. I'm stealing that. That's a fucking great line. So I got five more minutes. This is how I feel about this. Lamar Jackson is a special player, all right? I think he could really help somebody else. Not having an agent is a massive problem right now. Nobody wants to deal with his mother. Him saying that he is he him saying everybody knows my worth and how much I love the game sounds to me like when I hear a porn star say that they're a quality woman. Like when I hear one of these porn stars get on a podcast and they're like, I'm a high value woman, I'm high quality. And I'm sitting there like, yo, I was literally just on Pornhub and I saw every angle from every angle. 
And that didn't look like you're high quality to me. It looks like you're getting turned out. And if you have to tell everybody that you're high quality, that means you're not. Period. You can't, you can't give like this, this self-reflection, like I'm the best, everyone knows I am, and I can't believe I'm not getting an opportunity. No, that's probably why you're not getting an opportunity. So unless Lamar Jackson has a it, you know a, a different side of him, this is what you're getting. So I, I, just be really weary, bro. Yes, I think Lamar Jackson is a great player, but you're getting the circus with him too. Let's be real. And this is a this is not this is not what GMs and owners want to deal with. They don't want to guarantee all this money to this guy. Which the longer this goes on, the more I can see it from their point of view. Uh, but at the same time. You have to look at it from the other side of the perspective, too, that Lamar Jackson is like a good porno. There's no bad angles. Like he just what he does on the field is pretty when he's healthy is, is pretty phenomenal. All right. You got three minutes to leave. You're leaving here. I want to say I want to ask you this. What should Lamar Jackson do if I'm Matt McChesney? Here's three things. A, hire an agent. B, 100 percent. Yes. B, sit out 10 games. C, get picked up by someone else. D, Play in Baltimore for the $133 million and prove cool. everyone wrong. All right, so I I would take the 133 and go nuclear on the NFL next year and go play. And I'd be like, okay, you guys don't want to pay me. Now I'm, I'm going to show you why you should. That's what I would do. I think he should sit out to week 10 and become an unrestricted free agent and then see what happens, see what the market's like at that point. See if San Francisco is sitting there week 10, like five and four, and they don't have a quarterback and Brock Purdy's still not healthy and Trey Lance can't throw the ball five feet and Josh Johnson's not there anymore and they can't rotate in another turd. So then see, force their hand, see if something happens. See if Baltimore, see how good they are really with Huntley. Force their hand, see what happens. So that's what I would do if, if I were Lamar. What I think he's going to do is – Wine, cry, wine and cry and bitch and post on social media and turn this into like a they don't like me anymore. Oh, poor me shit. And that's not the way you should play this dog. And especially in today's society where people are hurting out here and in the economy and inflation's through the fucking roof and banks are failing and shit. Like no one wants to hear you complain over getting $133 million, homie. So May, point, you got, yeah, you got to understand that like you are a commodity, but only to a point. You're not, you're not, I had a coach tell me this a long time ago. You're not as good as you think you are, but you're damn sure not as bad as you think you are either. You're right in the middle. And your, your alignment mentally every day is going to determine whether you're a good football player or you're a turd. So you have to, you have to figure out if you're going to go this way or that way. And Lamar's right here in the middle right now being pulled in both directions rather than getting up and saying, yo, mom, Meatloaf, sit down, shut up, make me some meatloaf. Thanks. I love you, mom. Agent, I need to hire you. Sit down, shut up, find me a job. You'll get your 3%. And then, bro, 3% of $200 million is not that drastic, homie. You're getting $200 fucking million. So, yeah, I think Lamar uh, Lamar really needs to check himself before, you know, shit goes south. Or or just tell everybody, like, look, I'm not doing anything till week 10. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go train my ass off and look, look like, you know, a Superman when they, when they take my shirt off week 10 to evaluate me. And then we'll see who wants to pay me then.
or go to the XFL or something. I don't know. I agree. I agree. Uh, the XFL, I just talked about earlier, too. Um, but I, uh, I'm i enjoying the XFL. The quarterback plays atrocious, but uh, we got football year round. So what? why won't the, like, the second string NFL guys go to the XFL then? McCarron did it. He's probably going to get another job off of it. Like, go. Cam Newton should no, go back all. to the XFL and play for a year. We're all ego-eccentric, ego-driven. You know how we are. Uh, coaches, players, we all have some type of ego. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's it may not be a good thing, but it's still an ego. Um, well, why can't, the, why can't the, the modern-day guys look at cats like Doug Flutie and Kurt Warner and guys? Steve Young, Warren Moon, Steve. USFL guys. Yes, Jim Kelly went to the USFL. The like NFL guys who had to go guys. different routes. Guys who had to go different routes to get what they wanted, so – if I'm Cam Newton, I'm definitely going to the XFL. I'm going to go see if I can play. I'm going to go see if I can put tape out. So we'll see. I know. Hey, hey, we should go uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, and then uh, uh, I'm off today. So when I get off the radio, uh, let's make a point to talk this afternoon. And oh, yeah, yeah, you're my shirt guy. And then let's chop it up about some other stuff. You know it. All right, cool. Peace. Peace. Uh, Matt McChesney, clap it up. Um, so Lamar Jackson writes this statement. Um, I got to be honest. He he makes this statement on Twitter, and it's so badly written. It's so badly uh, worded. But the keys you take out of it is that I have to make a business decision. That's what he says. I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, here's the thing. You can't make a business decision and not have business people running your business. Dog, lawyers are agents. Agents are lawyers. They are in school for 10 years plus, learning how to do contract negotiations. There's contract lawyers. Then there's business lawyers. Then there's agents who are also lawyers. Your mother, if she is your agent, has to take responsibility for your social media. And your social media is atrocious. So your mother, who's your agent, is now responsible for that horribly written message. And I said it months ago on this show. I said I don't see how he becomes, how he stays a raven. There's no way he stays a raven. I don't see it. Um, hire an agent is number one. That's what he should do. All right. Number two is I think he should go get picked up by someone else and prove everyone wrong that he can do it. That he can make the throws with big time wide receivers in the NFL. That he can make the decisions that he can stay healthy, that he could throw the football away on third down instead of trying to run 40 yards and pull up and blow a hammy or get hit on a shoulder. Throw the football away, get back in the huddle, let's see you complete the ball on third down. Show the world that you can do that, Lamar. Take the $133 million contract or roughly thereabouts. Go somewhere like Washington. Tennessee, Houston, and ball out. Two years, you'll get the $300 million, dog. Get an agent. Just telling you. 
Uh, that is what you have to do. Your, 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 your generational wealth depends on it. That's just is what it is. That's just my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Um, tomorrow, man, we got a lot to discuss. I'm going to break down my top 30 receivers in the NFL and my top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, can't wait till you see my top 10. Steve Kim will join me. We're going to break that down as well. Um, TikTok, I'll see you on the other side. Hit that like button. Um, pound the like button. Subscribe. Become a member if you're not one of our Discord, Slap Nation, especially now our Patreon. Appreciate everybody that's a member. Uh, Sean and I will be putting out some content today. We will be beginning um, the show in two weeks, but we are doing 10 clips, cuts of film and discussion starting today on Patreon. Um, we're going to be talking about the NFL draft. Um, tomorrow, Steve Kim and I will be as well. We got Chase Senior this week. Um, I got Patrick Queen on, I believe. I have um, Ashley Perez, Pat Perez's wife. A lot more going on. And tomorrow, I'm going to break down the college football coaches who have failed or succeeded. Can't wait to break that down. Um, as well as Bobby Wagner to the Seahawks. The LeBron James doctor who has healed him dramatically, but has it healed the Lakers? Uh, I think it's even injured him even more. Can't wait to break that down. Plus, dive into the final four um, and so much more. All that tomorrow on Talk That Talk Tuesday. Can't wait to break that down. Have the like button, subscribe, become a member if you're not one. And, uh, hey, no cussing for the most part. I'm going to try it for, my, for one week myself. I'm not telling the guests not to cuss. I'm just telling myself not to cuss for one solid week. And uh, see if I can do it. See if I like it. See if I want to do it. I don't think you can. Can you not tolerate me without cussing? I think you can tolerate me just fine. I'll be all right. I'm still myself. Uh, but if it gets us on the masses, let's do it. Why not? At least I can't live in regret and say, oh, man, I should have tried this shit, got it on TV two years ago, three years ago. Nah, let's do it now. Love it. Love you guys. Uh, Patreon's in my bio. Become a member. Pound the like button of this show. Let's get 500 likes. We got 550 people in here. Pound the like button. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow to discuss all that and a bunch more. Don't miss it. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait to tell you what Pat Bev said and show you how he thinks about LeBron James after they just beat the Lakers' ass. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning. Much love. Peace.
right, all right, all right. Oh. He's, hey, he got hurt, man. Come on.